in the very early days of my discernment of the priesthood, I remember watching a YouTube video where a priest said that when he celebrated his first Mass after his ordination, that he suddenly realized as he lifted up the host and as he lifted up the chalice that he was literally standing in the Trinity. That was his precise phrase. Standing in the Trinity. And I was really impacted by his words and the conviction with which he spoke them. I was reminded of all of that yesterday as our bishop joyfully ordained another priest for us, another father, Father William Buckley, for our diocese, the Diocese of Richmond. And I believe at 11 o'clock this morning at St. Bridget's up in Richmond, on this, the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, Father William will say his first Mass. And he will get to experience the great joy and privilege for the very first time to stand in the Trinity as a priest of Jesus Christ at the altar of the Lord. But what exactly does that mean, to stand in the Trinity? Well, for an ordained priest, it is rooted in our theological understanding of the Latin phrase, in persona Christi. This phrase, in persona Christi, means in the person of Christ. We believe that when the priest speaks the words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, he speaks in the person of Jesus. He lends Jesus his own voice and everything that he is. And suddenly, it's not the priest who is standing there, but the risen Lord himself. The priest disappears, and now it's Jesus who says those words. This is my body. This is my blood. And this is true for the other sacraments as well. It's Jesus who says to you, I absolve you. I baptize you. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The priest takes Christ's place, so to speak. He represents him and steps into that spot in which Jesus stands in the most holy trinity as son of the Father. And miraculously, God works through him, weak and frail and sinful as that priest may be. As Cardinal Pell once quipped, this ensures that, quote, the priest is not the center of the show. Jesus is at the center. It's him doing all of the work. And what is that work? Well, at the Mass, God the Son stands right there at that altar, lifting himself up to God the Father, even as he lifted himself up on the cross and offered himself on Calvary, once for all, he offers us that same sacrifice here and now today through the power and the presence of the third person of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So the entirety of the Trinity, all three persons are at work in that very simple little sacramental action, that divine action of the sacrifice of the Mass, the lifting up of the host and of the chalice. It's all God's work. 
and the priest simply gets to stand in the Trinity. What an immense gift. I pray that many men from our parish of St. Bede, from your families, consider offering themselves in this way to the Lord. So I'm, I'm talking to you, young men. Take a serious look at the priesthood. You owe it to yourself, you owe it to the church, and you owe it to God. The priesthood is not a sad and lonely life. It is a life handed over to the most holy trinity, very often imperfectly, with God the Father loving you and protecting you, and the Holy Spirit filling you and inspiring you, and Jesus the Son conforming you to himself for the salvation of countless souls. And nobody earns that, and nobody is holy enough for that. Even for those not called to the priesthood, which is the vast majority of all of you here today, your life, your life is still meant to be totally surrendered to and sacrificed in obedience to the Most Holy Trinity. Families, I'm speaking particularly to husbands and wives, you also stand in the Trinity in a unique and beautiful way in the life of the church. Married love, as we know, is designed by God to be an icon, a living created image of Trinitarian love. A husband pours himself out for his wife, and a wife pours herself out to her husband, even as the father pours himself out to the son, and the son to the father from all eternity. And from that eternal exchange of love, that totally free, faithful, and fruitful gift of self, a third person proceeds. In the Trinity, we call him the Holy Spirit. In marriage, we call them kids. <laughs> Contrary to what the world might sometimes say these days, children are always a gift, no matter what the circumstances are. They help to reveal to us and to the whole world the gift of the Holy Spirit that proceeds from the love of the Father and the Son. When taken together, a father, mother, and their children, a family, we catch a glimpse of God's own interior life. As Pope St. John Paul II once said so radiantly and so beautifully, our God in his deepest identity is not solitude, but a family. If we begin to understand that, then we can see why it is so crucial for us to stand firm on that objective reality of marriage as being between one man and one woman, as well as the church's consistent and clear teaching on the necessity for remaining open to life. We can also see how our very biology, our complementarity and the unchangeable existence as either male or female is so incredibly sacred, so incredibly holy. These are not arbitrary or bigoted ideas from an outdated mythological system of morality. It's the way that God designed human beings, male and female, to stand in the most holy trinity. Take those truths away 
and we lose our great God-given dignity. We forfeit the meaning of our lives. We reject and deny the image of God which has been inscribed into our very bodies. And even worse, we can begin to lose sight of who the Lord really is. Now I say all of this not from a place of fear, anger, or hatred, but from a place of peaceful, unconditional, and sincere love for all people, no matter what their struggles are or what their desires may be. This is the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which beats for every single person, which desires to save every single person. The Sacred Heart of Jesus, which we joyfully celebrate this month of June, is on fire with love for every single person of every walk of life. This is the fiery love of the Eucharist, which Father William will lift up for the first time at the altar this morning. It's the same fiery love that we heard about in our gospel this weekend. John 3.16, the one that everyone holds up at basketball games for some reason. Famously, it says, and we hear it so often, it just goes in one ear out the other, doesn't it? God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God so loved us that he sent Jesus the Savior. God so loved us that he called and ordained priests who now stand in the place of Jesus in persona Christi and offer us his body and his blood. God so loved us that he created us male and female and designed the human family to be so beautiful and so good. God so loved us that he gives us the privilege, each in our own way, to stand in the most holy trinity. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <laughs>